Uh, you know what the old adage says, F around and find out. That's what happened to one event site when OutKick called them out for being pro-Hamas and anti-woman. We're going to get into that and so much more. And men, just so you know, I've got some advice for you. If you want to have a successful first date this weekend, OutKick the Morning starts right now. What's going on, everybody? Happy uh, Friday. You know the old adage says, oh. F around and find out. Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just apparently watching myself. Uh, that's me being in the chat, guys. So just a little uh, heads up. I'm in the chat during the show. Uh, so we've, we've put myself on mute. Hopefully the rest of you don't have me on mute. That would be probably a bad sign. Anyways, here we are. Let's get into the open of the show. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. Of course, you know who I am, Charlie Arnold. Uh, and I'm sure many of you by now have heard of Eventbrite. You've probably used the site, maybe do RSVP to some type of event, or maybe you're one of the more ambitious ones. Maybe you've even organized an event and posted it on Eventbrite. Well, Riley Gaines recently tried to organize a rally on the site to do something, wait for it, really radical. She wanted to organize a rally to promote the fact that she would like to keep biological men out of women's sports. I know. I know. It's crazy. Uh, but it was so controversial in the eyes of Eventbrite that they refused to let the flyer remain on the site. So, however, Eventbrite was totally fine with also promoting multiple pro-Hamas rallies being advertised on college campuses. So let's just get this straight. They wouldn't let Riley advertise her rally to keep men out of women's sports, but they would allow pro-Hamas rallies to be advertised on the site. Anyways, here's what happened. Outkick called out Eventbrite for doing this very hypocritical thing, and they got this tweet in response from Kevin Hartz, the founder of the platform. It said, quote, I am the co-founder and chairman of Eventbrite, and to accuse Eventbrite, and to accuse Eventbrite of being pro-Hamas is egregious and moronic. How could you make an unstantiated slander that I support these genocidal maniacs? Please go F yourself. And that, that's it. Uh, and then it says in the parentheses, the last comment represents the individual views of, oh, Kevin, and not that of Eventbrite, et cetera, et cetera. Um, interesting. Okay, so that was a pretty, um, I, I think, very angry tweet, obviously. He probably realized that he was being called out in the most loud of ways by OutKick. Uh, but it looked like it worked because these pro-Hamas ads were pulled from the site. So it does look like OutKick did their job. Uh, okay, so while Riley was still unable to publicize her rally, the event did still happen last night, and we had a member of the OutKick team who was at Harvard to witness the madness taking place on campus the last few days. So on that note, let's go ahead and bring in OutKick writer Dan Zekshevsky. Hello, Dan. Sorry about that. We uh, got a little bit behind on the prompter. Um, you were at Harvard. You not only witnessed... Riley's rally, but also you were there a couple of days or at least a day in advance, right, to really get a sense of all of the madness that was taking place on Harvard's campus. Uh, lots of things happening in the wake of the conflict over in the Middle East. Uh, so let's just get from your perspective the scope of everything that you saw, starting with the day that you got there. Just take me through the chain of events. Yeah, I'm, I'll do all that. But I want to say, first of all, good morning. It's great to be on the show. Excellent job Good nailing morning. my last name. No one gets it on the first try. So wait, really? I did. Absolute, yeah, you, you did. Nailed yes, it. I could see. I, I, I honestly, I was a little bit unsure if I was going to get it right. So thank goodness. 
you took me right back to like high school when I'm sitting there and they're going down the list and I, I see the teacher's eyes, the fear in her eyes. She looks at the name and I'm like, I just put my hand. I'm like, that's me. It's all right. Zach Shesky, we're good. Don't worry about it. I, I'm very proud of you. Um, yeah. Yes. So thank you. Thank you so much. That is, that is the, that is literally uh, the words and the support that I needed to hear as we get into the weekend. So anyways, thank you so much. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're with OutKick. And I'm happy you were on the ground at Harvard to really give us a sense of everything that was going on firsthand. Yeah, it was a fascinating experience, quite honestly. Uh, the very first thing I encountered when I decided to take a walk from my hotel towards the campus, there was a guy uh, sitting on top of a trash can shirtless. He had a very colorful bandana on his head. Uh, I was trying to take a picture of him and I was trying to be sly about it, but I wasn't doing a great job. He kind of saw me. Uh, he saw my shirt and he goes, outkick. Look like you need to do some sit-ups. I'm not really sure how that applied, but uh, I responded to him. I was like, why? You you want me to be more like you sitting on a trash can at two o'clock in the afternoon? And totally serious. normal. Me. He goes, man, you need to get some brains in your head before you try to match wits with someone who's so far beyond your level, you can't even comprehend. Wow. And I thought about, I thought Aggressive. about responding to him. I know I thought about responding to him, but I was like, you know, life hasn't dealt this guy a lot of victories. I'm going to, I'm going to allow him to have this one. You can feel like you outwitted me, man, on a trash can at, at two o'clock in the afternoon outside of Harvard campus. So that was kind of my intro <laughs> to Harvard. I was like, okay, so this is, Welcome. this is kind of what we're, what we're in for. Um, yeah, so I started wandering around the campus and I noticed lots of community cork boards and I was looking for posters for Riley Gaines because that's her event was coming and they promote everything, but there were no posters for Riley Gaines. I saw posters for, you know, culture and injustice lecture, or there was one about, you know, a, um, a genocide in Palestine rally and, and everything in between, mm -hmm. but absolutely no Riley Gaines. Um, and then, of course, I come across the donations for Palestine, giant megaphone, giant signs. We need money for the civilians of Gaza. And so I went to this and I, I was- Now, do you think, all, it, just before, can I, yeah, can, you, can I stop you right there and just ask you, do you think that there was all the signs promoting all of the pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas, um, you know, advocacy groups, rallies, and nothing for Riley because the campus- was making a point to not allow Riley's signs and promotions to be seen? Or, or was this just because it was just overwhelming uh, support for, you know, the different various things going on in the Middle East? No, I mean, they had signs up for all kinds of things. This, this said, this said, it wasn't okay. just that. There were like every, what, I'm, what I was trying to say is like every speaker that is coming to campus. I mean, I saw at least um, 10 okay. of all different types of, you know, even just sort of there was one up for like the Harvard and Princeton Glee Club event. There was okay. just no Riley. And we had we had we had gotten reports that, you know, someone on the ground there what had put up posters in these locations and that they were being taken down. Now, I didn't see anyone. Oh, oh down, gosh. OK. But I can tell you, I didn't see any. So. If they were put up, they weren't up when I got there. Um, so, yeah, that's when I came across this. You know, they were looking for donations and offering henna tattoos and stickers uh, in exchange for your donation to the civilians of Gaza. So I decided to stop and talk to them for a minute. And I just asked them a couple questions. You know, why are you doing this? And they responded that the civilians of Gaza need our help and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said to them, you know, do you think 
that the Jewish students on campus might take offense to what you're doing. And they said, no, absolutely not. This is not, first of all, we're not against Jewish people. We are against the state of Israel, was a very clear message that they wanted me to deliver. Um, and second of all, they said that they weren't raising money against the Jewish citizens, just for the civilians in Gaza. And I said, well, if you're raising money for civilians because your ultimate belief is that war hurts everyone, how come you're not also raising money mm -hmm. for the Israeli civilians? And the response I got actually shocked me. And I, 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 it's hard for me to even be shocked at this point. But the girl said, well, we don't think the Israeli citizens need our help. And Hamas is actually treating the hostages really well. You should look it up. It's on yeah. CNN. Yeah, they're obviously very disturbed and have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, we're obviously only seeing one side of support being represented here. Um, okay, so we clearly, there's a lot of madness going on as far as what's going on in Israel uh, in their conflict with Gaza, Palestine. Um, but in contrast then to Riley coming onto campus, no signage to be seen anywhere. The rally was still held last night despite the fact that Eventbrite wouldn't allow her to publicize properly despite, you know, you heard the whole setup. And in fact, you posted a story on outkick.com uh, that just went live uh, about the serious contrast about what we're noticing right now. What were you seeing once Riley got onto campus and her event started in comparison to what you were seeing earlier in the day and even the days prior uh, as it pertained to everything going on in the Middle East? Yeah, so a few things. Um, first of all, they made it difficult for Riley to even hold this speech. She initially had it scheduled right. for mid-September. Out of nowhere, Harvard reached out to her and said, oh, you know what? We have too many events that day. It's not going to work. We can't do it. The only reason they got to hold the event was because Riley's operations manager went on to the Harvard calendar and found a date that they couldn't ignore. They had like nothing going on. And she was like, oh, that date looks good. Mm. There's no way, you know, there's no way you can deny, like there's nothing going on. We looked at your calendar. And that kind of put them in a bind where they were like, oh, yeah, OK, all right, you can do it then. Um, and a few other things. What, what I found the most interesting is Riley tried to connect me with the student organization, uh, Network of Enlightened okay. Women. That's the student organization at Harvard that was labeled anti-trans. Um, again, these are women fighting for women. Enlightened and women equates to being anti-trans now. Okay, got it. Thank you for clarifying that. There was an email from an assistant athletic director that was sent out to all of the students that said, um, you know, anti-trans activist Riley Gaines is being hosted by an anti-trans student group. Uh, from an assistant athletic director to all the athletes, all, all the female athletes, by the way. Um, and I tried to actually connect with a few of these uh, students from this organization just to talk to them prior and none of them would respond to me. And I, I kind of hit up Riley and I'm like, mm -hmm. Riley, I'm having trouble getting in contact. And she's like, yeah, I, I think they are legitimately afraid of retribution from the school if they speak about this, even more so than just having me on campus already. Like they, they basically already crossed the school to some extent and they don't want to get any further into that. And that's what made me think, wow, you have these students who are standing on the quad with megaphones and signs yelling about Gaza, no fear of retribution from the school, no problem telling right. me that they think Hamas is treating Israeli hostages 
And in fact, they probably had professors. They probably had professors as well that were coming out offering their support, uh, you know, giving them tips on how to really garner more attention, how to get more students involved. I have to imagine that was happening since we've been seeing the professors getting involved on other Ivy League campuses across the country. But we'll get into that in just a bit. But keep going. Yeah, and and even as part of that email that I mentioned from the assistant athletic director to all the uh, athletes, before she even got into the anti-trans Riley Gaines stuff, at, at the top was, you know, support groups for the Muslim, Arab, and Palestinian students. And I was like, yeah. what about the Jewish students? What about the Israeli students? Wait, I imagine they're having a tough time right now as well, dealing with their homeland being under siege and not a mention of them anywhere. Um so there was that. Then there was a trans party that was thrown right outside the auditorium where Riley was set to speak, <laughs> which I'm sure was a total coincidence. You know, some you just have to have your trans party right outside in a, a, an event hall on a Thursday night. Um, yeah, of course. So I will say this, though, as far as the event itself was concerned, you know, I was told Riley connected with campus security before she got onto campus. And they basically walked her in like a back entrance. So there were no, you know, clashing with the protesters of sort. And that's the thing I want to point out. See, the protesters are looking to engage and yell their profanities and, and they want to be heard and seen at all costs. Riley mm-hmm. just wants to deliver her message to the people who want to hear it. So it's not like right. campus security is like, hey, we're going to sneak in a back entrance. And Riley was like, no, I want to go. I want to get in front of the trans protesters in anger. No, Riley, you know what? Riley is there to, she's not there to shut anybody down. She's there to prove her own point. And if that in turn ends up shutting down someone else's argument, so be it. But Riley, you know, we've we've known her for some time now. We've seen the steps she's taken and how she conducts herself. She's not worried about other people's business. She's there to handle her own business. Uh, Yet everyone else tries to get in her way. Uh, And that continually seems to be the case. Uh, Zach, I want to turn our attention to something that happened on another Ivy League campus because right here in New York City, more madness is taking place and it's definitely not going unnoticed. So at Columbia University, politics and history professor Joseph Massad called Hamas attacks on Israel, quote, a stunning victory the weekend that the war broke out. So not only that, just like we've seen on liberal elitist campuses all over the country, there continue to also be, like we saw in Harvard's campuses, anti-Israel, pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas rallies. And obviously, these terrorist-friendly stances have people livid. And that does include a hedge fund billionaire, Leon Cooperman. He's an alum of Columbia. He's also of Polish Jewish descent. And he has now said his donations to Columbia University are done. So let's listen to what Cooperman had to say on Fox Business earlier today, or rather yesterday, when he was asked about the student protests at his alma mater. Where are we in the world when 1,300 Israeli civilians I think these kids at the colleges have for brains. That's where you think we are. We have one reliable ally in the Middle East, that's Israel. We only have uh, one democracy in the Middle East, that's Israel. Okay, and we have one economy tolerant of different people, you know, gays, lesbians, etc. And that's Israel. So they have no idea what these young kids are doing. And that's one of the reasons I wrote my book. Now, the real shame is I've given to Columbia probably about $50 million over many years. And I'm going to suspend my giving. I'll give my giving to other organizations. Wow, that is a big statement. Uh, so right here, right now, you're saying no more money to Columbia. Yeah, unless I see a change. I've told them that they should fire this 
professor. I mean, war is hell. It's, war is not good for anybody. But to praise what Hamas did is disgraceful, disgusting. Okay, so Zach, when you hear major donors like Leon Cooperman say there's going to be no more money coming your way unless you shut down these students that are very clearly promoting terrorist acts. What comes to your mind? I mean, you're a younger guy. How many years out of school are you? About 12. Oh, okay. You, well, you, well, you look much younger uh, than you actually are. Anyways, uh, you, Charlie. but point is, <laughs> point is, this, this should be something that would be shut down in the first place. Why is it that it takes major donors like Cooperman to threaten to pull their money for schools to start to listen as to, okay, yeah, maybe we should be taking some action or even worse, maybe we'll take some action only because now we feel the threat of not getting as much money. We actually don't even, you know, if it, if it were up to us, we probably wouldn't even take this course of action anyways. Because we live in America and our society is based upon that. It's capitalism. I mean, all of these things, people are under the impression that, you know, these companies have this moral or companies are trying to pretend like, and not just colleges, the Bud Light stuff and all that. They're trying to pretend like they have morals. They don't. They're a business. They're trying to make money. What happened was they made a major miscalculation that way more of the, the American public is into this stuff than they are. But what do we see with every single company? What changes their mind? Why is Bud Light now partnering back with the UFC after the Dylan Mulvaney disaster? Because yeah. people stopped spending money on their product. That is the only way that any of these companies, universities, whatever, are going to learn. It has to be, you have to hit them in the wallet. That's where it hurts the most. It's, that's, you know, that's it, the good and bad of American society. Yep, and that makes total sense. And by the way, I, I called you Zach. Uh, I don't know. I think I just was, maybe maybe Zach, like I mentioned, you look younger than you actually are. I think maybe that was your nickname back in the day, and I just... You know, had it some actually type of, was. I uh, just assumed that, like, you're, you played sports probably in high school. Like, when I was on the high school baseball, yeah. like, that, everyone called me Zach. Like, that's, you know, oh, I okay. just figured we were Okay, perfect. Okay. There we go. Okay, perfect. I knew I was onto something. Okay, so what you're saying makes total sense. I mean, ultimately, everything has to do with a company's, a university's, a corporation's bottom line. And that, at the end of the day, is going to be ultimately one of the only reasons they probably decide to either reverse course or take another course of action. Uh, one more thing that we've noticed, Dan, a.k.a. Zach, uh, leagues, sports leagues have been put on notice in the last 12 hours. The Coalition for Jewish Values has officially told Major League Baseball, the NBA, and NFL that it's time to put an end to their association with BLM, referencing, of course, the fact that the organization has frequently made anti-Israel statements. Is this the same thing? Companies, sporting leagues, now realizing that their bottom line is going to be affected or what needs to happen for the sporting leagues to realize that they've made an egregious error in this situation? So I'm going to actually steal a quote from someone I respect greatly in this business, Adam Carolla. And he actually talks a lot about, you know, the BLM donations. And he compared it to the, like when the mob comes to your shop and they're like, man, you know, you need protection. You're going to need someone to make sure that no one busts out your windows. So you're going to go ahead and give us some money and then, then we'll make sure no one busts up your shop. And that's kind of what it was. Like, honestly, when everything happened with George Floyd, these companies, these leagues, 
they felt like they had no choice but to support this organization or it was going to be turned right back on them that you're a racist. And so we talked a minute ago about how money is important, but there's a, there's a, they've done a great job of convincing all of these corporations. Essentially, if you don't pay our tax, if you don't pay our fee, you know, we're going to send the full PR team after you and you're going to be labeled racist. And that's a horrible label to put on anyone. Now, I know it gets thrown around all the time these days. I write an article mm-hmm. for Outkick. I get tweets and I'm a nobody that you're a racist. And I'll be honest with you, it still hurts a little, even though I know that they're wrong. And of they're course. just spewing hate. But it hurts. no one wants to hear that. Absolutely. And so that's honestly what happened. Now, thankfully... At the core of it, in the beginning, it was like, look, this is about black people in America mistreatment. But now we're seeing it's not necessarily about that. The organization's about tearing it down. And what better way to show that we're about sort of anarchy and tearing it down than to support a terrorist organization launching an attack on our biggest ally in the Middle East? Absolutely. Uh, Everything you said makes total sense. I so appreciate your perspective. And I also, Dan, I appreciate you taking the time to go to Harvard uh, to give us really a sense on what's happening, not just there, but also on college campuses around the country, because obviously Harvard, uh, one of the Ivy Leagues, a direct reflection of what we're seeing, unfortunately, uh, taking place involving students and teachers. And it's really sad. And of course, Riley, this isn't anything new. What she had to put up with at Harvard exactly what she deals with all the time when she goes and speaks publicly. So, Dan, thank you so much. Dan Zakszewski, did I say it right again? Pib, nailed okay. it. All right, there he goes. Uh, and don't forget to check out his uh, article that just went live on Outkick.com, really detailing everything that he saw and witnessed and understood these past few days. So, Dan, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you soon. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Um, okay, everyone. I want to see what some of you think in the live chat on YouTube about the story. Uh, We had a poll up, would your college treat Riley Gaines this way? And so far, we have 53% of people saying no and 47% of people saying yes. So pretty much split right there. And actually, that's 
surprising uh, because I guess maybe a lot of people in the chat graduated some time ago because I feel like if there's a lot of you know, current college students or recent college grads, uh, that number would have been a little bit more uh, lopsided. I think maybe more people would have said that they would have seen that on their college campus. Um, okay, let's get into the next story. Rapper Blueface uh, is, uh, well, I guess he's known for his antics around the clock. Uh, if you saw him, his face is covered in tattoos. He's got tattoos all over his body. Uh, so he's definitely an out there type of guy. Uh, but here's the thing. And at least this is from my perspective. Usually when you attend an NFL game, you're there to watch football. Maybe, maybe even you're getting a little crazier than that and you're just there to put down a couple of drinks and then maybe just watch the game like as an aside. But you know what? That's typically the extent of it. At least that's what I thought. That's at least in my experience. But this past Sunday, rapper Blueface, he hosted a full-on stripper party. Yeah, stripper party inside of SoFi Stadium of his suite while he was there. Watch the video and uh, just let it soak in for a second. Okay, if you were there at the game, like let's say you were down in the stands or above or in the suites next to Blueface, what would your reaction be to seeing that kind of thing? I can't even imagine. I mean, I wouldn't even be able to focus on the game if something like that was going on next to me. Uh, anyways, I just want to give you a little bit more context into the situation, what was going on here, uh, because it was an engagement party. Blueface proposed to his girlfriend at this stripper-fueled throwdown, which obviously, how much more romantic can you get? I wish I had a guy that would throw me a stripper party for my engagement party. Uh, and listen also to this. Right after he popped the question, he proceeded to get onto X, and he called out his mother, calling her a whore, which is disgusting. That is the worst thing you could ever call your mother. And then saying, quote, she only marries men for money and that they don't respect her as a woman. Okay, those comments, in my opinion, are more horrific and disgusting than the stripper party itself because that just shows the little respect that he has for women if he's gonna talk about his mother like that so publicly. Uh, this woman that he's getting engaged to, I really hope that she understands what she's getting herself into because, again, and I'm sure ladies out there, you understand, men out there, you understand, you really can tell a lot about a man depending on the way he treats his mother. So I hope that she's not expecting much out of this relationship, knowing how he uh, so publicly talked about his mother in the most horrible of ways. Uh, but the stripper party, guys, that's a new one. Uh, I don't know what you have planned for your fiancés, but stripper party, maybe, maybe an option there. Okay, on to another story that just makes me laugh on this Friday morning. Gen Z is whining about not making enough money right after college. Watch this video that has gone super viral on social media. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, 
but this is my first job like my first nine to five job after college and i'm in person and i'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever i don't have time to do anything i don't i want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out um i am just asking some questions in the chat so if you want to get in there and uh interact that would be fantastic. Okay, so this girl, obviously she just graduated from college. Uh, she lives outside of New York City, which for those of you who don't know, if you live in Jersey or Long Island, it does take quite a while to get into the city. I mean, you're looking at a pretty decent commute there and back, uh, depending really regardless of, of what time you leave your house. So just getting into the city, there's always traffic. So this girl is complaining because her nine to five really isn't a nine to five, it's more of a seven to six. Listen, we've all been there. Uh, it's not just the long hours that you have to put in. It's also the low pay. Let me just tell you all, when I graduated from college, my commute wasn't so bad, but I also was forced to go live in West Virginia. To those out there who live in West Virginia, um, not a knock on you, but West Virginia, coming from Washington, D.C., where I went to college, definitely a bit of a culture shock. Uh, but that's what I had to do, right? I wanted to get a good job. I wanted to work my way up. So I started where I needed to. So I went to West Virginia. I started at the NBC station. I was a one-man band. I had to carry around my tripod, my camera. I had to go knock on doors of all different types of people at all hours and ask them all the questions, set up the tripod, do the interviews, head back to the station, edit all the video on my own, get on television, present. I mean, I was looking at ridiculously long days far beyond what I was getting paid for. I don't even know if I put it out there. I was getting paid $27,000 a year, which at the time, maybe even still, was below the line of poverty. So uh, that was what I was working with. Uh, so I understand having to grind out of college. I also realize the mundane environment that comes with a nine to five job. I do not consider my job to be such a nine to five. I have much more of an irregular, non-traditional schedule, which I like for me because I'm not someone that can sit at a desk and type away at a computer or enter stuff into a spreadsheet. That's just not how I'm wired or how my brain is wired. But there are some people that that's what your job consists of and that's totally fine. And to be honest, a lot of times a nine to five is actually much simpler than those people that have non-traditional schedules. I'm not saying across the board, I'm just saying in some cases. Now, there's some situations in which this girl wouldn't need to have a nine to five job, but her hours are probably going to be just as long. I mean, what if, for example, she decided to start her own company? She could be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of people out there that are entrepreneurs, but if you're an entrepreneur starting up your own company, you're probably working most of the day, you're probably getting very little sleep. You have so much on your mind as far as, you know, getting all the logistics of the, the company planned out, talking to investors, getting it launched, having to do all the legwork and groundwork on your own because you don't have the money to hire other employees at that point in time. She could do that, but it doesn't seem, seem like she wants to work all those hours. Uh, she could also, let's see, what else could she do? She could be a stay-at-home mom. That would require her not to commute into the city and work a nine-to-five, but if you're a mom you're really working 24 hours a day. 
She's probably then going to be required by her husband to cook and clean the house, take care of the kids, do all of those responsibilities. That's not a nine to five job either. Uh, so really, any way you slice it, honey, um, listen, I feel for you. I was in your shoes at one point in time. I understand what it feels like to be broke and overworked. Uh, but that's just how life goes. We all are expected to work. We're all expected to contribute to society. So I really just don't feel bad for you. Uh, but this is kind of the entitlement that Gen Z has grown up with. They see a lot of their friends who are influencers and these really cool flashy jobs. But also, I'll say that I personally do know some influencers and they work their asses off as well. Those aren't nine to five jobs either. So that's my, uh, my little rant for this girl. Uh, I would love to hear what you think about it. I would love to hear... Someone said, suck it up, buttercup, Tez, in the chat. Definitely. Uh, also, we have Neil goes. She needs to pay her dues, regardless of what career choice she has, and a toughen up pill. A toughen up pill, do they, do they have a prescription for those? Or can you get them over the counter? Because that would be fabulous. I would, I would definitely hand them out to, well, pretty much everybody I know. Uh, I, might even take an, I, my, I might even take a toughen up pill at some point in time. Uh, a small, a very small river. Jeez, what a baby. Harrison Bergeron. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Brent Butler says he drives a truck for a living, has problems too. Thousands of moron drivers all in a hurry and never being able to be home. Uh, I can't imagine. Uh, I actually have a little bit of road rage, so you do not want me being a truck driver. Tell your company to never hire me. Um, okay, my final story of the day, and this one is great. Please, everyone, get into the comments. Uh, we'll, we'll hit this up really quick after I finish. Women have compiled a list of places that you cannot take them men on the first date. And this also has gone super viral on the internet with tons of people chiming in because it's pretty hilarious. Okay, so here's the list. I'm going to rattle through it pretty quickly and then we'll comment and react. Uh, first one is Cheesecake Factory, two Applebee's, three Chili's, four Chipotle, Olive Garden, The Movies, Your House, any fast food chain, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, everyone hates the wings, uh, Red Lobster, a buffet, IHOP, Denny's, the gym, church, Starbucks, coffee dates, ice cream dates, family functions, movie night, which includes also like Netflix and chill type nights, uh, somewhere that requires a long drive, bowling, nightclubs, hookah bar, <laughs> a bar for just drinks, <laughs> Waffle House or a sports event. So basically, guys, you can't do anything on a first date. All you can do is take a woman to a very fancy restaurant, it seems. Um, or maybe, I guess you could take her to the Taylor Swift concert. She probably would like that. Uh, this list is absolutely hilarious. Uh, okay, so while I will say some of these restaurants don't necessarily appeal to me, uh, I would never like, shut it down as a first date option. If a guy wants to take me somewhere on a first date... It's going to tell me a lot about him, depending on where he takes me and, you know, how he acts over the course of the night. Uh, so I wouldn't put any restrictions, but this is so funny because I feel like we talk about the entitlement aspect of the younger generations. Uh, I have to imagine this was also compiled by a list of younger women. And uh, the entitlement is just very loud and clear here. Although I, I will have to agree with certain things on this thing. Um, I would definitely say that your house would be a weird first date. I mean, because let's be honest, if you're bringing me to your house on a first date, my instinct tells me what's on your mind. So, oh, uh, okay, so apparently Rick in the chat says he would never take someone to a buffet. That's probably a smart idea. Well, 
I guess actually though it depends what kind of buffet. What if you're in Vegas? What if you have one of those really fancy buffets that has like all of the fixings? Well, I don't know. Uh, we won't just shut down the buffet quite yet. But speaking of buffets, I have a, a funny story real quick. Quick little tangent. When I was in West Virginia, that $27,000 a year job right out of school, I lived behind a golden corral. So let me just paint the picture. I live in West Virginia behind a golden corral. Also, it was Huntington, West Virginia, for anyone familiar. Huntington, West Virginia at the time was considered the most obese city in the country. So just imagine the type of folks I saw hauling ass into the golden corral. I mean, especially like when the buffet like was just getting going, like hot off the griddle. I saw like all types of people. Oh, and it was also um, the most toothless city in the country at the time and the most handicapped city at the time. So I was seeing like a whole brigade of like people in wheelchairs heading into, um, <laughs> into Golden Crown. Not to make fun of people in wheelchairs, but I'm just saying the, the, site, was, the was, site was pretty uh, comical at the time. Um, okay, so let's get back to the list. Uh, your house? No. A fast food chain. I'm also going to shut that down. If you take me to a fast food restaurant, I mean, I love McDonald's. It's one of my hugest vices in life, which I wish I didn't have. Uh, but that's definitely not acceptable. Um, a red lobster just could get weird because I feel like lots of, you know, you're cracking open crab legs, like probably get some on your shirt. You might smell weird the rest of the date. So maybe I would advise not going to a red lobster. Um, the gym, Actually, I'm not totally opposed to that. I mean, it would be a very casual first date, but like I would go work out with a guy if like we were both into it, I guess. Um, a, a family a family function would be a little weird. First date, I, I don't need to meet your whole family quite yet. That's maybe a little too aggressive. Uh, yeah, no Netflix and chill night right away. Somewhere that requires a long drive. Are you kidnapping me? What's going on here? No, thank you. Um, I don't know. The rest of these sound fine. Like, a hookah bar is cool. Why not? That's like a place you go grab a drink, smoke some hookah, uh, a good environment to talk in. Uh, a bar just for drinks. I don't know what else do you go to a bar for. Um, and then a sports event sounds awesome. If you took me to an, I mean, what if you took me to the Super Bowl on my first date? Probably getting married. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see. Gritty is into what? The sports sports game, Tim? Okay, uh, we've got uh, Rick into the sports games. Rick sounds like a real winner in here. Um, what else? Uh, Gritty, if my date wanted to take me to a sport, oh, take, oh, she's going to take you to a sporting event. Okay. Um, yeah. The some Raul Miller said, how about a Rams game, LOL? So I, I assume you're talking about the stripper party. Uh, yeah, the stripper party, if that was the game you were taking me to and that's the suite you had me in, uh, might, might be a little suspect of what your intentions and about who you might be as a person. Um, okay, so guys, there you go. You can find this whole list all over the internet because it's everywhere. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting the places women don't want to go these days, but that might be why there's a lot of single people out there these days. Like I said, I think in previous shows, the rate of people being in relationships and getting married continues to go down. And I imagine as lists like this continue to come out, that will continue to be the case. Uh, okay, well, now I'm going to let you go have some fun this weekend. Maybe some of you have some first dates planned. If you do, if you are, and you know what? Maybe not even a first date. I don't care if maybe you're taking your wife out or maybe ladies, maybe you're the one taking the initiative, taking your husband out. Let me hear about what you've done this weekend. What are your date plans? Hit me up on social media at Charlie on TV and also here on this show, make sure wherever you're watching, hit the subscribe button. Also sign up for the alert so you don't miss a minute 
of Outkick the Morning. Also, like, comment, all the things. Guys, this has been so much fun. This was great. Let's do it again. I love getting into the chat with you. Uh, it's fun to hear everything that you have to say, how you're feeling, and of course your reactions to the bizarre stories that we will forever be getting into on this show. So on that note, everybody, it's Friday. Paper's gone. Work's over. Not quite, but I am saying goodbye to you for now. So have a good one, and I will see all of you on Monday.